0: Chapter thirty three of the wall street girl by frederick o. Bartlett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Ashley Jane. Chapter thirty three. A bully world. As Sally came down the stairs at a quarter of three in her white silk wedding gown, the wonder was how, after a morning of such honest hard work as she had put in, it was possible for her to look so fresh many a town bride after spending the entire morning resting in preparation for such an event has at the last moment failed to turn up with such apple-red cheeks or brilliant eyes there was a gently serious expression about her mouth to be sure but that was not due to fatigue In spite of her light-heartedness during the last few days, she had been all the while keenly conscious that she was accepting a great responsibility. She was about to marry not only a lover, but a man whose future was to be in her keeping. Among other things he was to be a future partner in the firm of Carter Rand and Seagraves, and that meant several years of very hard work ahead of them. Then there were the secret responsibilities, the unborn responsibilities. They were not very definite, to be sure, but she felt them, timidly, gravely, in queer little tuggings at her heart. When finally she stood in front of the clergyman with Don by her side, she felt not that she was in a bower of wild flowers, but before an altar. The ritual for her had a deeply religious significance. She made her responses in a steady voice heard by everyone in the room. When she made the promise to love, cherish and obey, she spoke it as though she meant it. It did not disturb her in the slightest to utter the word obey, because she knew well that whatever commands came to her from Don would be of her own inspiring To her this promise was no more than an agreement to obey her own best impulses. The service seemed almost too brief for so solemn an undertaking. But when it was over, she reached for Don's hand and took it in a hearty grip that was more of a pledge than the ring itself. It sent a tingle to his heart and made his lips come together. The effect, a hundred times magnified, of the coach's slap upon the back that used to thrill him just before he trotted on the field before a big game. He felt that the harder the obstacles to be overcome for her dear sake, the better. He would like to have had a few moments at that moment as a relief to his pent-up emotions. He remembered in a sort of impatient daze, the congratulations that followed with the faces of Mrs. Halliday and Barton standing out a trifle more prominently, and then the luncheon. It seemed another week before she went upstairs to change into her travelling dress, another week before she reappeared. Then came good-byes and the shower of rice with an old shoe or so mixed in. He had sent her trunk the day before to the mountain hotel where they were to be for a week, but they walked to the station he carrying her suitcase. Then he found himself on the train, and in another two hours they were at the hotel. It was like an impossible dream come true when finally they stood for the first time alone, she as his wife. He held out his arms to her, and she came this time without protest. "'Heart of mine,' he whispered as he kissed her lips again and again, heart of mine this is a bully old world you've made it that don i i haven't had anything to do about it except to get you end of chapter thirty three recording by ashley jane